Woo! So girls, get away. It's time to enroll, ladies. So Passion for Life, it's going to be a great weekend. And after the service, you can register. Now's the time. Details inside the news sheet, this page. So that would be great. I want to welcome you all here tonight. Already is fantastic to be here, isn't it? We've just been praising God so wonderfully. And it's just a gift to come into God's house and just be able to be led in worship like that. It's fantastic. And all you guys... Keep it up. It's just awesome. It helps us see God, doesn't it? And helps us just praise him from the inside out. Um, Tonight, we're going through and we're continuing on in our series, A Hunger for God. And tonight, we're looking at Psalm 84. So if you have your Bibles, let's open them together. And I just want to read to you Psalm 84, thinking about hungering for God. James did a great job last week and uh, we're just continuing on thinking about how we can hunger for God. Here's the psalmist writing these words. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh Cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar. O Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord God Almighty. Listen to me. O God of Jacob. Look upon our shield, O God. Look with favour on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord is a son and shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. O Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. And we're looking forward to having God speak to us through his word tonight as we think what it means to dwell in his house and to live in his presence. Let's pray, shall we? God, tonight we're here and you're here. We thank you for the promise that where two or three are gathered, you're in the midst. And God, we thank you that we know you and we love you. And for those tonight who uh, don't know you, God, I just pray that they would really sense your presence and that they would open their hearts more and more to your work in their lives. God, tonight... We just want you to speak to us. 
you to guide us. So we just lay our hearts open and say, God, have your way in our life. We want to be blessed. We want to be those that look to you right through our lives. And we want to be those who finally get to dwell in your house forever and ever. So God, have your way tonight in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, we're also in our uh, mission focus for this month of May where we're talking about mission and we're working towards an offering. We just love you tonight. You should have received this, but we ran out as you walked in um, an envelope with yellow slip as well. Now, if you didn't get one, could you just put your hand up now? And we've got our lovely stewards who are agile and and will move down the roll. Is that right, Ken? You're just sitting there casually. Are we ready to go? Here we go. Who hasn't got one of these um, there? Just great. Just so over this side. That'd be great. Just grab them and people move along. That's great. Hands right up. Here they come. And while those are being collected, we're going to hear much more about the things that are happening um, as part of this uh, mission focus that we're having right now. So we're going to hand over to Rebecca from the Mission Watch team. Thanks, Rebecca. Why don't we give her a good welcome? Well, just really looking forward to next week's um, mission uh, offering and time we're going to do that. Um, it has been explained so well um, by Rebecca and, and the Mission Watch team. It's great. Just want to unpack a little bit the pledge. You heard that for the first time tonight. And that's really just you sitting down before God prayerfully and saying, God, what, what can I give? What do I feel that if I uh, was disciplined with myself, if I was able to believe what you would provide for me, Uh, What amount can I give? It's not just what I have and what I'm able to give. It's actually saying, God, um, what am I believing and trusting you for for the coming year? So pray about that and come next week with that pledge. Uh, You can come with just a pledge. You can come with just your offering. You can come with a bit of both um, as well Just and give as God leads. When I was uh, a, a younger boy, we would travel, my family, my mum and dad in the front, my sister and my brother in the back, and uh, we would go and visit my gran and pa, and they lived in Mount Gambia, and Mount Gambia is just over the border, south <laughs> border of Victoria and South Australia, and it was usually a pretty terrible trip with the brother on one side and sister on the other, I'm the middle child, so I'd be in the middle trying to separate them, you know, all the time. But as the trip moved on, you know, we kind of leave it at five o'clock and it'd be a kind of a five-hour trip, a five-and-a-half-hour trip. But we would start to get tighter and tighter. But we all started to chirp up close to the time because we knew that as you gather, get towards Mount Gambia, there's a sort of a hill that you go over. And as you get to the very top of the hill, Mount Gambia, 
you actually see all the lights just lighting up. And we'd all get so excited because we were bored to tears. <laughs> but we were also knowing what was ahead. You know, Gran and Pa would be ready for us. They'd have a hot chocolate ready and they would have had, Pa had this bowl of sweets that he would just let us have. And we'd get all ready. And the excitement would build as we got closer and closer to that hill. And, and we'd all go, ah, this is the hill, this is the hill. But it wasn't the hill. And we'd just keep waiting and waiting. And then when finally the lights came, we were just filled with excitement. Mount Gamble was in sight. We're about to be home. Tonight, the psalmist is really looking forward to something. Yeah, hunger is a good way of talking about it. But it's not the kind of hunger that we talked about in Psalm 42, you know, or Psalm 63, where in a dry and waterless land. Now, it doesn't seem that the psalmist is in you know, any desperate trouble, but the longing that they have is to worship God to be in his temple, to be at his, in his presence with the people of God. And just like for us, we had been so many times to Mount Gambia and we knew what was awaiting us and it was precious and it was great and it was hot chocolate. We loved it and we couldn't wait. This is a story of a psalmist making a familiar journey back to the temple in Jerusalem. And as he begins and as he starts to join others that are Travelling there, the excitement is building and he's just longing to be with them. I think it's going to be a fun journey we're on tonight as you open the Bible and if you have uh, Psalm 84 with you, I just want you to notice a few quick observations as you look at it um, together. One of the things you'll notice uh, straight away is who it attributes the psalm to. It says, for the director of music. And it seemed that this psalm was written for the director of music in the temple uh, to be taught, to be uh, sung in, in the temple. It's also believed that, you know, maybe the travellers who were travelling to the temple at festival times would sing this song as they went towards the temple. And it says, according to Gittith, Gittith, let's all say that together, shall we? Gittith. Yeah. Anyone know what that means? Get us out of here. Oh, like I said, it's a very difficult term. It's hard to know what it means. And so some people kind of say, I reckon this must be like a musical term. You know, maybe getteth means, you know, getteth out of here or whatever it means. But it's something we think referring to music. And then it says, of the sons of Korah. And so these sons of Korah were the singers, the choir, the, 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 the singers in the temple. And we've talked about them. In fact, many of the psalms that we have looked at uh, have been from the sons of Korah. If you look and you find, uh, you can find them in your Bible from Psalm 42 to 49. There's seven psalms right in a row of the sons of Korah that, that have written those psalms. And here, 84 begins, 84, 85, 87 and 88, all by the sons of Korah, people who loved to praise God and to lift up their voices. This psalm, as you already uh, start reading and as we've heard it read tonight, there's some familiar phrases, aren't there? Uh, some of them, have you heard some of the words before somewhere else? Anyone think of that? When you read them through, do you ever think, oh, I've heard that somewhere? Yeah? Anyone want to say where they've heard it from? 
There's songs that we sing, aren't there, that are written about this psalm. Like I used to sing ages ago. You would never have even heard it. But there was a song that used to go, How lovely are your dwelling places. My soul longs for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. Anyone remember that song? Yeah, good. I'm not very good at singing it, am I? But... <laughs> That's just the first verses of this psalm, just word for word, written down, and there it is. Anyone know, blessed are those who dwell in your house. Yeah, heard that one? Right out of this psalm. And this is a song, you know, better, uh, better than, better than, yeah, anyway. It's better than, all, better than one day, one day in the house of God. is better than a thousand days in the world. You know that one? So blessed, I can't tell. This, this psalm has been sung over and over again. I mean, people just love writing about it. If you, if you can remember hymns, Isaac Watts wrote in uh, 1719, Lord of the Above, and it's based out of this uh, psalm. There's a, uh, another one that Henry Light wrote in 1834 called Pleasant Are They Courts, Are They Courts Above. Christians have been singing Psalm 84 for years and years and years. And we're going to sing at the end of this message, I think, blessed are those who dwell in your house. Won't that be fun? And we're going to sing that tonight, joining all the chorus of people down the ages. Another thing I want you to notice is that the Psalms simply broken up into three passages and we'll explain them, three sections. And as we go through this Psalm, you'll just see how they are. But I think if you look, can you notice in the Psalm, there's just like a, some even breaks. Can you notice something that kind of breaks up this Psalm? There's kind of an indication there. Anyone see it? It's on the right-hand side of, you, of, the, of your passage. Can anyone call out what they think it might be? Seller, yes, yeah, sealer, seller, that's right. Uh, this, again, is a mysterious term, but can you see where they're placed? Like, there we go. At the start, it starts off, How lovely is your place, O Lord. And then right down to the end of, Psalm, uh, uh, end of verse 4 is this blessed word. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. And then there's the silo. And people think it's just like a pause in the music, kind of like a moment where you stop and you pause and you reflect on what you've just sung. So my proposal tonight is as we get to the completion of the first section of this psalm, why don't we just pause and reflect on what we've just heard. Good idea, everybody? We'll try that tonight. Then the second part, after that, you'll notice straight after verse 4 and verse 5 is blessed again. So blessed is kind of covering on either side like a bookshelf, the sealer in the middle. Can you see that? And then it goes right up then to the next sealer. And just before the sealer is this, listen to my, uh, listen to me, O God of Jacob. A cry out for God to listen. And then there's the sealer and the rest. And then, not only listen to me, God of Jacob, but on the other side of that is look upon our shield, O God. So listen, God, and look, would you please? And then comes the next section, which ends up at the end saying, um, blessed, uh, for, for he, uh, oh Lord, blessed is the man who trusts in him. So it's sort of blessed and blessed, Selah. Blessed and listen, O God. Are you still with me? Yeah? 
and then Selah, and then look, O God, and blessed at the end. So there's sort of like all, all structure to this psalm that we're looking at tonight. So what are the three kind of um, sections? The first uh, verse, uh, first section, can, I think, can just be described uh, maybe with one word, you know, worship. Uh, this is a, the, the psalmist is just longing to worship God. He's just longing to be with God's people and to worship him. And we might title this, you know, uh, God blesses those who love him and long to worship him. You know, if you're someone who loves him, God, and longs to worship him, you'll be blessed. Look what the psalmist writes. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. We don't even talk like that very much, do we? How lovely is your dwelling place. You know, we're a lot more cooler nowadays, aren't we? Uh, but it seems that the psalmist begins like with just, you kind of sort of say, calm down, psalmist. No one says, how lovely is your dwelling place anymore? Yeah, it's got to be a bit cooler. But I get the feeling that this psalmist is not cool when it comes to worshipping God. I feel like he's just unashamedly a worshipper of God. And if you think I'm a bit daggy or I'm a bit too full-on expressive or I'm just using words that are lovely and beautiful, I don't care because I just love God. In fact, I not only love him, is the psalmist saying, but my soul yearns. Have you ever yearned for anything lately? I mean, I don't think we do enough, do we? Yearning is almost like a, a, a really deep, Longing, even faints, like he's longing so much uh, for what he's about to say that he's almost fainting and he's longing, what for? The courts of the Lord. He's longing for the temple. And temple was where God resided and the people gathered to worship him. And so he was longing. And as he's leaving his home, maybe traveling to the Feast of Tabernacles, and he's coming along the road and he's going to join other people that are going towards the temple, perhaps a long distance away. He starts and he says, I'm yearning. I'm even fainting. I'm longing for your courts. And we think, gee, he must just love the temple so much. He, he's excited, you know. And he, he, he gets so graphic. He says, my heart and my flesh, you know, my, my body even, and my blood and guts and, and, and the flesh is crying out for the living God. I just long for you with everything I've had. I mean, I think this psalmist would stick out like an odd sore thumb in many gatherings just unashamed love of God, over-the-top longing, desiring of him. He kind of gets almost a little bit, um, you know, how perhaps your parents get a bit nostalgic and they remember, oh, when I was a lad, you know. He starts to sort of think about, what, how beautiful it is at the courts. And he starts to think, he says, even the sparrow, he gets poetic, poetic. Even the sparrow has found a home 
and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar, O Lord Almighty, my King and my God. And I think what's going on here is as the psalmist is travelling, longing and just crying out for the courts of the Lord, he's thinking, you know what? Even the sparrow who can just go and choose wherever they live has gone to the eaves of the temple. You know, it's, it's, it's actually gathered a nest under the covering of the temple and, and it's been there right in the temple, right where God dwells and it's made this, this nest, this home where I'm not. That, that lucky sparrow, you know, gets to just be in God's presence all the time and I'm hungering for God's presence like that sparrow you know, almost thinking and dreaming and imagining. And then the cry just comes out, blessed are those who dwell in your house. Blessed is that sparrow. Blessed is the ones that can get to live in the temple and, and be in your presence all the time and just love to worship because they are ever praising you. They are ever praising you. Oh, that's what I want to say. Do you know what? Initially it looks like he's longing just for the courts. But what this psalmist is longing for more than anything is the presence of God. To know God's presence in his life. Do you know uh, the psalmist was longing for the temple. <laughs> but for us today, God has done everything possible. For you to come before him without any hindrance at all. He sent Jesus to die on the cross for you. To take away the separation. Sin separates you from God. And when Jesus took upon himself your punishment, your guilt, your shame, all you have to do is say thank you and give that over to God. And Jesus wipes the slate clean and there's nothing stopping you from coming in to his presence. In the moment we say yes to Jesus, we're filled with his spirit. We know his presence. And we don't have to wait to get to church to know his presence. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, you can say, God, I'm here in your presence. I'm one of those little lucky sparrows <laughs> thank you for this privilege I wonder tonight when you were getting ready to come were you yearning to be in God's house because I think there is something special about us all gathering together I mean look all of us you know, coming together, singing loudly and praising God together and lifting up his name and, and, and we're praising together and we're singing and there's something so strong about his people gathered together lifting up his praise and God says, there am I in the midst of the praises of his people and I think this is a special joy of us gathering together. You don't have to wait for Sunday for it but when we gather together, oh, do you long for more of God's presence in your life? if you do blessed are those who dwell in his house they're ever praising him 
Why don't we just pause, seal up. Let's think on these things just for a moment. For those who have yearned and longed for more of God's presence in your life, for those that have come to faith in Jesus Christ, we follow the psalmist on the journey towards the temple. And I just think the next uh, word, you know, if the first one was all about worship and, and longing for him, the next one, I think, word that sums up this is, is journey. For those that have come to this point into their life where they've decided that they have made Jesus their Lord and the barrier has been broken and now I know God's presence and I can meet with him each morning, I can meet with him every moment of the day, I can meet with his people each week, then the next thing that God starts to do is take you on a journey closer and closer to fulfilment of the promises of what you've begun. Look what happened here in the next passage after the sealer. Blessed are those who, because of their desire to follow God and be in his presence, go from strength to strength. Can we sing a song about that? Strength rule rises, we we. They go from strength to strength. Um, blessed are those who, who, whose strength is in you. And then it says, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, O God. Hear my prayer, O God. O Lord God Almighty, listen to me, O God of Jacob. I think here, in this journey passage, we see that God strengthens those who love him and live for him. So once we've sorted out that we worship him and we long for him, the next part is facing each part of the journey with God. And, and it says, as they part, blessed are those who, whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. And it's very interesting, the word. It's a very difficult word to translate. But the writers seem to think that the NIV has got it pretty, pretty good when they say who have set their heart on pilgrimage, on travelling, on journey. The, the original Greek, uh, the original Hebrew just says, uh, blessed are those who, who's on the, who have, follow the ways. Follow the ways. It's something like that. You know, just those who are travelling the ways. And you get the idea of kind of the ways of those who are travelling to the temple are marked out. You know, there's almost some, some clear roads and some ruts in the road from all the travellers that go up to all the feast of the tabernacle, you know, the feast of weeks. They go all the way up and they travel each time for the, for the Passover, for the different things. And so they're, they're travelling along and there's almost ruts in the road where the people go. And they follow the way. They just get on and, and follow the road. And I think what they're saying is, 
if they're following the way of those who long to worship God, as they go on the journey, they find that as they pass through the valley of Baca, the valley of Baca, it's most likely a a word here that means uh, the valley of weeping. And we're not even sure if this was a real place. It could have been a real place, a, a dry and arid place, Um, It's not really known whether the writer is just using figurative language to say as they pass through a place like weeping times or as they pass through, you know, sad times. But what they find is as they're making their way to the temple, as they pass through this valley of Baca, through dry, dusty valleys that would normally lead to weeping, they actually make it a place of springs. They transform the situation as they walk through. The autumn rains cover it with pools. In other words, because of their faith, even the most difficult circumstances turn into a place of springs. I think that's true in life, don't you? I mean, there are some people who kind of think that God is someone who they can control. (laughs) And so when things go wrong in their life, you know, they get cancer or they lose their job or their relationship falls apart or something, they get mad at God. You know, God, why did you do this? And it makes them worse and it makes them more bitter and more angry and more frustrated. But then there are other people who have said, oh, God, you're my God. I long for you. My heart and flesh cry out for you. I'm longing to worship you. And they say, you know what? Oh, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. I just want to live for you. And oh, boy, here comes some cancer. And God, this is the worst thing that could happen. But I know there must be something that you can teach me through this. And even the most difficult situations can become times of deep intimacy with God. And God strengthens them through the tough times. And God helps them through the pain and the bitterness. I know for me there's been so many times when I've found and looked back there's been growth spurts and strengthenings because tough and hard situations have come to me. What's most important in those tough and difficult times was not uh, what happened to me but where I kept my focus on the longing for more of God, the longing to learn his lessons. As they continue to go, as they continue to journey, as they continue to follow the way and the path, they go from strength to strength. And he says, hear my prayer, O Lord God Almighty, listen to me, O God of Jacob question is now for you. As you go through difficult times right now, is your focus on Christ? Are you looking for God and longing for more of him in the midst of your struggles? Are your struggles and challenges drawing you closer and closer in dependence on him or pushing you away? Because the psalmist says those that are longing to follow him are blessed, even in these tough times. Let's seal up. Ask yourself those questions. 
as we reflect on this stage two, journeying with God. This last section, I think, can be uh, seen as the psalmist goes through the worship to the journey, comes to arrive at the temple. And I think you could just say, here's the the rewards, the rewards of a life lived in hunger for God. The rewards of of living a life that's just longing for God through ups and downs, through all the time journeying with God. And and the psalmist starts here this section and says, look upon our shield. And and the psalmist is saying, look upon our king. Look upon the one who protects the people, our people. And he's saying, look upon our king when he says shield. And I think the idea here is if the people of Israel have a king who is godly and good, then they will be fine. And and they're praying, the psalmist is crying out and saying, would you, God, look upon our king with favour? Would you look upon your anointed one? Oh, God, would you watch over him so we are all taken care of? And then as the psalmist has kind of arrived now, it seems, to the temple, It just starts to reflect on the blessed rewards of being one who has come to the presence of God and knows him. He starts to think about it, weigh up how incredibly great it is to know God and to be in his presence. And he starts to think about it. You know, hey, I'd rather be, he says, uh, I'd rather have one day just one day in your courts, one day here in the temple than a thousand elsewhere. That's how much I love being in your presence. And he starts to say, you know, let's compare it to, to different roles. He said, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God. I think this kind of means someone who's just standing near the doors of the house of God, not even in there, but just kind of right near the door. I'd rather be that than, you know, I'd rather be a doorkeeper than dwell in the tents of the wicked. You can keep that. I'd just prefer to just even be near the temple door than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. And, you know, I found that to be true. I've never met someone who's been following God for many, many, many years. And, you know, people that have been longing to worship him and have a heart to follow him who says, you know what, I've wasted my time. I've often found people who have been following God for many, many years and have just a rich, deep joy in their hearts. I went back to my home church last weekend down in Melbourne and I was uh, there and and as I finished the service, up came to me 
uh, this lady, Thel Grinter, and she said, I'm 84 now, Jonathan. And I said, Thel, this is the place we're standing right now. When you came to me and said, Jonathan, I believe God's calling you into ministry. It was the moment in my life where I felt God was so clearly speaking to me. He'd, he'd, I'd had so many, some, some little letters that people had written. I'd had someone preach from the front, but I was saying, no, God, no, God, I don't think quite yet you're speaking to me. And then Phil Grinter came up and said, I feel God's telling me to tell you to go into ministry. We hugged. I took a photo of her right in the spot so I'd, I'd remember it. And she said, I'd love you to sing at my funeral, Jonathan. You know, isn't that lovely? I... See, all this singing in sermons pays off. Someone wants me to sing somewhere. But, but for me, here is this lady who's a, a, a missionary uh, in her part, you know, throughout her life, who's followed God and at 84 is just so full of, of love and wanting to bless others and encourage younger people. And I just thought, wow, that, she's a thriver. She's someone who has not only longed to worship God early on in the journey, but right through the journey has gone from strength to strength and the difficult times have become times of blessing as she's looked and learned and, and long more. And now here she is in the twilight of her life, you know, the incredible times, and she's just filled with the love of God. Do you know many people want to be godly people? If uh, we were put a show of hands today and to say many people, you know, would, who would like to be a godly person? Many people want that. And we just want it to happen quickly. But godliness comes through following God through the tough times and the journey, through keeping faithful when you have opportunities not to be faithful. It's for keeping pure, like we heard last week, you know, when there's so many opportunities not to keep pure. It's through saying yes to God when your own wisdom might want to do other things as well. But the results of those who keep journeying with God is rewards that you just can't find anywhere else. It's better than a day. A day following God and knowing this journey and this fulfilment of the rewards is, is better than a thousand elsewhere. You know, just to even know God a little bit is, is so much better than to live in the tents of the wicked. And, and the psalmist saying, this is beautiful. This is worth every effort of the journey. This is what I've been living for and I'm finally getting to be here in God's presence and this is worth it. It's worth it. This, this next verse is just filled with so many gems. Verse 11. You know, he's prayed for the, for the king as the shield over the people of Israel. But now he says, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. And it says the Lord bestows favour and honour. Let's just say that together, favour and honour. Ready? Favour and honour. God just pours out his favour and his honour on sinful, wicked people who trust in Jesus Christ and his forgiveness. 
I'm a sinful, wicked person who's saved by the grace of God because Christ paid for my penalty. And now I live with favour and honour in God's sight, not through anything that I've done, but through what Christ has done. He's my shield. He's the one who God looks on, who God has poured out his wrath on, who God has allowed to cover and protect me. And then it says, no good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Mine is blameless (laughs) in God's eyes because Christ, the perfect sacrifice, has died on the cross. Yes, I'm sinful. I try and so much live a godly and holy life. But Christ has paid it all for me. You know, tonight, as we have understood that the one who longs to worship God and begins a journey where they go from strength to strength to tough times, ends up receiving the total, the rewards of what it means to follow God. His blessing, his favour, his grace, his forgiveness, his mercy, his love. Each person will one day receive fully in a twinkling of an eye. will be transformed from this life to eternal life in just a moment. And in that moment, we're just going to be going, what an awesome decision we made. I get to live forever in God's presence. And they have the rewards of faithfulness and following him forever. So he wraps up the whole psalm with this one verse, which is just like a summary verse for everything the psalm says. O Lord God Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. In uh, 2 Corinthians 9, Paul says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. One day we'll receive the rewards of following him. Don't give up. Don't lose your hunger. Keep your eyes fixed on Christ and all his forgiveness. Enjoy the presence of God and keep journeying with him till the day you die. And the rewards will be every, every bit worth it beyond your wildest imagination. Why don't we pause and think on our response to this as we finish tonight. Let's pause. Oh God, we love you. We love your dwelling places. We love to live in your presence. Oh God, we love knowing you. We love the fact that you've revealed yourself to us and that we have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and that we've received your forgiveness and the joy of knowing you. And it just fills our heart 
with deep joy. Oh God, thank you for your mercy, for your grace, for sending Jesus to die for us. Oh God, thank you for all that you've done. And God, thanks for the promises. But knowing you, that loving you, that putting our trust in you and journeying with you, no matter what we face in the future, we can look to you and go from strength to strength in hard times, in broken times. And God, we're just longing to see you face to face. We know one day we'll receive the full rewards. But thank you for the many blessings that we have of knowing one another, of worshipping you, of loving each other, of growing to become more like you, of serving, of going out into the world and sharing the gospel. What a joy it is to be in your house. What a blessing it is to know you. And we rejoice and give thanks in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Tonight, we just want to give you uh, an opportunity in these moments just to respond. It would be great to just grab your blue card and to uh, fill that out.